Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle-aged warriors, Chris Cimino and Rick Summers. Hey, and once again, we want to welcome you to Middle-Aged Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network. That sounds so official, doesn't it? I'm Rick Summers. He's Chris Cimino. And welcome to show 55. I can't believe we made it. And boy, uh, I'll tell you from last week, wow, what an amazing week it's actually been. Some big changes going on. Yeah, there's so much going on. I mean, a lot of the COVID restrictions here in New York seem to be fading away. Which is always good news. And, you know, we're, we're doing this in baby steps, but at least it seems like we finally have some momentum going in the right direction. And a big sign of that, really, particularly in New York City, that Broadway has announced its reopening date of September 14th. So, uh, and I'm seeing a lot of the uh, various playhouses, they're loading up, they're, they're bringing in the stage and the props and the whole nine yards again. And that's an encouraging sign. I'm really glad you said that because we saw that driving through town uh, for the past few days, even before this announcement was made, we saw uh, the load in. And mm-hmm. Valerie got so emotional when she saw that. She was like, oh, my God. Because, uh, you know, she's the Broadway queen. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, then, you know, and still there are so many question marks, Chris, about, you know, how many people are going to be allowed. Will you have to show that you've been vaccinated? And did you hear or hear, I should say, that yesterday the Mets and the Yankees are now going to have sections of the stadium where if you're vaccinated, you can sit here. If you're not vaccinated, you can sit here, there. Yeah, I think what they're trying, right. I think if you're vaccinated, then you have the ability to be closer to each other. I don't know yet if they're talking unmasked or masked. I didn't get the details on that. But yeah, you know, I gotta. I have to be honest. I mean, I some of these things, sometimes I, I, I feel a little not to say jaded about, but I don't think anybody knows exactly what to do. So there's there's this ultra conservative side and then there's the, you know, willy nilly side. I think the reality of how we should handle it is probably somewhere in between. I don't know if you when you were a kid were on an airplane, but do you remember smoking sections and they used to pull the curtain? And it's like that would keep the smoke out. <laughs> like, like, yeah, that keeps that, that keeps the smoke out. I know. I mean, it's you know, we it's we all what this reminds me of. Yeah, in its own way, it kind of has that. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't think anybody really knows enough, and they don't know what to do. But they know that people are so pent up and frustrated. They're trying to let them out. But the problem is, you know, it may just then become this free for all all of a sudden. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. And I don't know if that's going to be a problem. Maybe maybe we will eventually reach the so-called herd immunity between the vaccines and the number of people who've been exposed. And that's coming sooner than later. But, uh, you know, uh, you, you can make yourself crazy with this. I think everybody has their own individual choice. If you're not comfortable doing that, then guess what? Don't do it. Don't go to City Field or Yankee yeah. Stadium and sit in that section. If you are comfortable with it, then do it. That's fine. But it, it really has to start to become more of an individual choice. I, I That's my personal opinion anyway. It's going to be you that know, way for a while. Yeah, we're always looking for somebody to tell us. Like, There's a lot of people that they're, they're, they want to be sheep and they want to be led. But to a point, I get that. But to another point, you have to take responsibility you know, for your own life and how you want to handle this. But, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. We've heard enough of that, right? But uh, this is actually an interesting so listen, month. We, but, but, but yeah, it's national 
National Nurses Month, yeah. the month of May. And I really uh, feel very strongly about that. I know you and your dealings over the years have dealt with nurses sure. at hospitals. And of course, I've had my my experiences. And I think back to last summer having an operation at Mount Sinai here in New York and how great the nurses were, even in the throes of all this. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's really time to show the nurses some love. And and there are male nurses too. So oh, absolutely. No, these these are these are very special people with a lot of uh, compassion and skill. And they're, you know, think about the what they were dealing with. The onslaught number one of the number of patients, uh, the number of patients they were losing, the number of patients who were so ill, and then you deal with the personalities of each patient and then the families of those patients. And you know, I don't think people understand just how pivotal they are because then they're they're kind of the buffer and the go-between and the liaison, if you will, to the doctors quite often. So yeah. it, it's such a, a, it's a job that it's so multifaceted and they really have to wear so many different types of hats. So we salute National Nurses Month, all the nurses out there who've always done wonderful work, but in particular during this, this pandemic have done heroic, really heroic levels of work. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, I gambled for over 30 years that was as a meteorologist trying to make a correct weather forecast. But I love sports, and if you love sports, a lot of you out there love to bet. So Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We have a guest on our show today, and uh, I'm going to actually, because you've done the legwork in arranging his visit. Okay, so I left that out of the bag. It's a he. <laughs> um, and I'm going to let you introduce our guest, and uh, let's get started on what he has to say. Absolutely. Well, you know, we talked about the restaurant industry and how devastating it's been, this pandemic, to so many, but there's another industry probably hit even harder, and that's the travel industry. And our guest today is someone who's been through it every step of the way. Full disclosure, he is a friend as well. But let's welcome a seasoned middle-aged warrior here, Rick, from Walters Wanderings Travel. Let's say hi to Scott Walters. How are you, my hey, friend? Welcome. Good to I'm, have you. I'm great. I'm, as I always like to say, I'm better than the weather, and it certainly applies <laughs> when we're talking with Chris Semina. Yeah, you don't miss taking a <laughs> shot, do you? But uh, I mean, <laughs> when you think about what's what's gone down here, and we've heard a lot, obviously, about the restaurant industry. But the one thing about the restaurant industry, in essence, for some, there was still takeout. They were still able to have customers. Travel shut down. There is no, there was no alternate way to travel per se that a travel agent could really keep his business going. It was it was really really tough. I mean, the from the mid March until mid April, all I was basically doing was calling my travel suppliers. To work on canceling out trips and getting proper refunds and all of that mm -hmm. that goes with it. And literally, there, there was five weeks that that's all I was doing 10 hours a day on the phones. I mean, and, I, and of course, since they're not traveling, I'm not making any money because right. the places people pay at build the commission that I get paid into the price. So it's really quite like that. And then after that, you know, some things started to trickle open. Uh, you know, I was able to get a few dribs and drabs, and uh, it wasn't until like the last two weeks that things have really started to pick up, because now the uh, snowball, as it were, is rolling down the hill with mm. the more acceleration with everything that's going on 
in a positive sense. Um, a lot of things are happening now in travel that weren't happening even two months ago. Right. But now, have you seen other people in the industry that you've known, been friends with for years and, and seen their business either disintegrate or they have, have they been able to hang on? Well, some people have closed down. Some people have pivoted their, their, uh, their reach and, and what their, what their you know, mission is. Um, I've seen, I've seen all kinds of things. I've seen a lot of people quit. Um, I've seen a lot of people adapt. I've seen uh, it from all sides. It's, it's really quite amazing. Um, even the, the local uh, Liberty Travel storefront uh, where I live in Nanuet here has closed down mm. and uh, other places are hanging on by the proverbial thread. People have been laid off. People, you know, sole proprietors are, are you know, hunkering down and we're waiting for the, the percolation to come and it's sort of, I call it like, a, it's sort of like the Instapot, you know, the pressure cooker, it's about <laughs> ready to blow. And when it blows, it's going to be unbelievably great. But until then, if you don't have the resources or the ability or, or whatever, yeah, you're going to be in a war of hurt. There's no doubt. You know, and then Chris, as we talked to uh, Peter Greenberg on numerable occasions about this, the deals are there uh, depending upon where you're allowed to go. And the question is, as more of the world, more of America gets vaccinated, people are becoming a little bit more mobile and a little kind of candy-assed about it uh, because this is what's concerning is the number of people who, you know, still don't want to get vaccinated but want to sit next to somebody on an airplane. You know, how do we legislate that? How do, how do we do any of this? And it's all new. New territory. Well, it is new territory. I think, Rick, the, the key point about, uh, you know, traveling, uh, airplane travel right now is everyone has to understand that, you know, all the commercial airliners now have been retrofitted to have the air recirculate every three minutes, mm -hmm. which means basically no real chance, even if the person next to you is not vaccinated and maybe even be a carrier, that, that there's really infinitesimal chance that you're actually going to get the virus, whether you've been vaccinated or not yourself. Right. A lot of travel is opening up and, and yes, there's still some restrictions, but the whole business about deals is all relative because um, with some places still at 50 or 75% capacities like New York State, um, even for people looking for that weekend getaway to Lake George or mm. out to Montauk or, or someplace like that, the, the amount of rooms that are available is not as much as people would really want or think. Right. So it becomes a real hassle. In fact, even... My uh, my uh, Memorial Day weekend plans got kiboshed because the three places that I would stay at were all sold out. And even when I called them myself, uh, because I'd stayed at them before, they said, no, we really don't have any room. We really can't fit you in because otherwise we'll be out of compliance. Right. I mean, right now it's it's high demand and low inventory. And until it becomes full inventory, I guess that's probably what you're going to run into. But let me ask you this in terms of overall in the industry and what you're seeing and hearing. What are the trends? Meaning where are people migrating to at least initially to travel again? Is it, is it all domestic? Is it all only national parks? I mean, what are you seeing? It's a lot of it is domestic. I, in fact, I'm uh, sending out uh, three different clients next week to the Southwest. Um, two are actually doing trips um, to the uh, big five uh, national parks in Utah. And one other person's going to Sedona and uh, the Grand Canyon. Um, wow. I'm also seeing a lot of international stuff because Mexico and the Dominican Republic have been particularly tourist friendly. And I actually went in September. And when I went in September, actually, the whole, during the whole process of my travel to Cancun and back, 
I felt safer doing all of that than going to my Costco a mile from my house. <laughs> True. I mean, because, because, you know, there were a whole lot of protocols and a whole lot of stuff going on. And, you know, I definitely actually felt safer, even on the four and a half hour plane ride with the mask on and all of that. Um, but uh, a lot of the, a lot of the Mexico Caribbean stuff is starting to open up. Um, there are some pockets of Europe that are opening up. We have Croatia that's opening up. And Croatia is a really underrated co- country. It's, it's what I like to call overlooked and underbooked mm-hmm. because you have a little bit of everything in Croatia. You have history. You have uh, beautiful beaches, actually. You have yeah. a good cuisine. And you have a whole lot of other stuff there that you wouldn't necessarily think would be available. And also, uh, the other one in Europe is, is Iceland. They're opened up. If you have the vaccine, and I know we're going to talk about this later, Chris, if you have the mm-hmm. vaccine, you're in without any trouble. Um, and uh, it's really quite, uh, really quite remarkable how that's happened. And the third place that there's interest is Tanzania, Kenya, and South Africa. Hmm. For, for because right. they're open back up. Um, you just need to get a visa to go to Tanzania and that's easily obtained. Those are the main pockets of interest. There's still areas that are obviously closed up, but Europe is opening up. Italy's opening up. A lot of the other EU is going to be opening up soon. Um, so slowly but surely, well, I saw a statistic the other day that said TSA processed something like 1.6 million people in one day, which they haven't done in more than a year. And so it, it's obvious that people are feeling uh, strong, banging on their chest, and that it's time to get moving again. It's really interesting, isn't it? It is. And, and also the other, uh, there, there are two other things that go along with the TSA that are semi-related and not. Um, the number one thing is rental cars mm-hmm. are really short supply. Right. Um, the big rental car companies actually divested themselves of about a third or so of their inventories right. last spring. And they didn't rebuy because right. you know, they didn't know when they would need to rebuy. So there's a lot of pressure on the rental car markets and even people that are taking regular trips you, you, when, when I go to add the rental car and it's like $700 a week for a compact in a, right. in a popular place like Miami or, or mm-hmm. Orlando, like, whoa, yeah. you know, crazy. it is. And the, the other thing that's semi-related is that um, a lot of these hotels that are looking to build up their inventory of rooms, um, they need to make sure they have their staff, especially housekeeping staff. And a mm-hmm. lot of them aren't ready to come back yet because they're still receiving the unemployment to, compensation which mm-hmm. uh, is sort of dissuades them from going back to work sure i mean that's kind of a catch-22 scenario there but i'm sure also you've seen some i mean we've heard of even in new york city several hotels shutting down forever and just they're, they're gone they, they just cannot sustain themselves because of obviously you know the expense of running a hotel in new york city compared to some smaller locations a big difference but uh the hotel industry that that's going to have an impact i guess based on this sudden flux of demand that's going to come uh, soon. Well, it's funny you say that because I was just pricing out a block of rooms for a, a group cruise that I'm working with. And the hotel price was like $300 a night for two nights in, in Long Beach, California wow. and uh, in October. And uh, that just includes the 25% taxes they put on top of it. Right. So it's two ninety nine plus twenty five percent. So you're looking at four hundred dollars a night just to stay in the hotel near the pier to go on the cruise ship in October. So yeah, there's a lot of pricing pressures. Again, when when people say deals, you really have to be really careful about that because uh, you know we do have a lot of this you know 
the supply demand business is really going unbelievable sure. right now. Hey, Scott, I wanted to ask you uh, your thoughts about uh, specifically New York centric, because all three of us are in the, in the New York area. The word that Broadway tickets went on sale today uh, May 6th for shows that will theoretically be ramping up to get back on stage in September. And what your feeling is about the whole Broadway and theater community and and the revitalization of that and the importance of that to New York tourism? Well, I think it's going to be huge, but I think the, the, the tourists have to be confident in their ability to be safe when they're here. And uh, there is a lot of worry about that given the recent uh, spikes in crime that have gone on in New York. And I think that here's the thing though, and I, I think this is something we have to delineate. Um, when we say that crime is up in New York City, it doesn't mean that it's up in New York City in all precincts. It means it's up in New York City in general. What needs to be done is it needs to, and it's sort of like the, I'll get to another point on this about international travel in a second, but you really have to delineate, is the Midtown South precinct where all the Broadway theaters are, is the crime rate there spiking? Is, is Midtown North where Central Park is, is that crime there spiking? It's one thing if it's in East New York or Williamsburg, mm -hmm. Brooklyn, or you know, Tremont in the Bronx, mm -hmm. but it's a different thing entirely if it's in these touristy places. And right. I think that you know we have to really disseminate and discern the tourist areas from the, shall I say, regular residential areas. And, and that's a huge difference. It really is. And that's something that a lot of people can't wrap their heads around. They say, oh, crime's up in New York City, but it is up in New York City, but it might not be to the specific places they're going to. Well stated. And, and again, you know, it's one of those things too, where I think as the volume of people come back and life gets back to normal in terms of the flow and energy within Manhattan, anywhere across Manhattan, let's say, uh, I think the dregs that are causing and, 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 you know, doing these crimes sort of have to go back a, a, into their corner because there's just too much exposure now with too many people. So I, yeah. And I really, I think the point you made that was very, very important because yes, the, the cumulative number is one thing, a specific location where you're going could be totally safe. And we've seen that. Uh, I I've experienced that when I've researched traveling abroad uh, to places like Barcelona, they talk about this, that, and the other thing, but yet in the specific place you're going, crime rate's very low, but so it really, you've got to do your homework a little bit if that's a concern of yours, I guess. Yes, there's no doubt. And then the corollary to that, as far as foreign travel goes, about 80% of the world right now is on State Department level four status. Now what mm -hmm. State Department level four status means is you're not really supposed to travel there. But if you take a look at the 33 states in Mexico, just as an example, and you read the whole State Department printout on all of Mexico, the State Department tells you, do not go to this one, this one, and this one, because that's where the cartels are, and that's where you will mm -hmm. have trouble, no matter who you are, versus Cancun and Cabo, which are the main tourist areas, there, it's it's a much lower threat level, as it were, it's, it's, it's the same thing as going to Disney World versus, say, going to downtown Orlando, in downtown Orlando, mm -hmm. you'll have a, you'll have a better chance, sadly, of meeting some kind of um, incident that you might not be so savory, but if you're in Disney World itself, you're not going to have that issue. Same thing with Cancun versus if you go to Monterey or some of those other places, which are just completely like the Wild West. I'd like to say, why go to Disney World when you could get mugged by Minnie Mouse in Times Square these days? Oh, that's so I don't know. I think Minnie Mouse has gotten her license revoked. Elmo is a different issue. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, uh, Elmo's. A, he's been the troublemaker in Times Square. But to go back a little bit quickly here, uh, you brought up Croatia. After this uh, podcast, I'm going to talk to you about that because that's really been on my list because I've seen some amazing, beautiful pieces on Croatia, and I'm looking forward oh, to yeah. having an opportunity to go there. But let's bring up a little, a little, a little advertisement and promotion here ourselves. Uh, Scott, Scott and I are, are planning a, a journey, and Scott's planning the journey. I'm just kind of the Pied Piper coming along. Uh, you brought it up before to Iceland. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. All right. So in November, November 8th, a band of merrymakers, including yourself, Chris, are we going and heading off from JFK to Reykjavik, Iceland. Um, and uh, you'll be spending a whole week in the country of Iceland around the southern shore area of the country because it's just too big to actually do the whole circuit. But um, during the course of the week, um, there's going to be three dedicated opportunities to see the Northern Lights, one of which will be at, uh, at sea, um, out in the Reykjavik Harbor in a chartered uh, boat um, that actually will be, you'll be able to stay inside. And if you see the Northern Lights, you can go outside and take your pictures and go, ooh, ah, wow, and then come back inside for warm refreshments. You'll, you'll also get to go to all the other places that uh, you and I have both described as otherworldly and unpronounceable. Yes. Um, <laughs> by a vowel, please. It truly is. Exactly. And and look, I'm 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 making I'm not gonna you know try and pronounce these things because I'm I'll offend some Icelandic person out there and they understand they they know the drill. But you'll be able to go and and see all kinds of wonderful sights. You'll go to the famous Blue Lagoon and be able to have a swim. You'll be able to go see the black sand beaches. You'll be able to see the volcano perhaps in the distance. Um, the one that's actually currently active, mm -hmm. you'll be able to go to an actual tomato farm. They do have farming in Iceland and you'll have a lunch there. Um, all the breakfasts are included uh, in the trip. Um, three dinners are included in the trip and uh, you'll have a dedicated tour guide to help guide you around and tell you, you know, nice place to go when there's off time. Um, it's really a special trip and it's a good time of the year because it's not too cold. Right. And the opportunity to see the Northern Lights is actually pretty high. Mm -hmm. um, in, in that time in November, plus the, the moon will be headed towards the new moon stage, which means the skies will be darker. Exactly. So, so, so it all works out great. And, uh, you know, Chris will be there to help guide you along and to maybe <laughs> give you the weather forecast and, you know, tell you, you know, to tell you about, you know, why things are the way they are some, some places in, in, in Iceland. And uh, the best part is the, the trip cost is not even $3,500 a person double occupancy based on 30 travelers. Wow. Um, and then that includes nonstop air from New York to Reykjavik and back. It includes all your admissions, all of your transfers, you know, the guide bus, the guide, and it's going to be spectacular. I'm actually looking forward to going myself. So yeah. you'll see me too, whether you want to or not. But Chris will be there. And um, it's- Scott, have you been to Iceland before? I have not? never been to Iceland before. So this is new on my list mm. of places to go. No, but actually, you know, out of, out of my my former NBC team, uh, Lawrence Scala, who's been everywhere, of course, she was in Iceland. She was, I think, the first one to go. And then Michael Gorgiulo went with his family. And if you even have the slightest interest or don't have the interest, go and Google some pictures about Iceland and, and just look at the topography and geography. It truly is as if you are on another planet. There are so many very unique locations there and i just i just think it's going to be an awesome trip i'm really excited to look forward to it hey if you get to see the northern lights that's a plus 
I managed to squeeze out one night where that happened uh, when I was in the Arctic Circle in northern uh, Finland, and it was two below zero. So I don't think it'll be that cold in November. So I hope we, we get an opportunity to see that, too. Iceland considered part of Scandinavia? It, it is and it isn't. I mean, Iceland is kind of its own kind of thing. You know, mm. it's I mean, it is part of the European Union and it is part oh, of it Europe. Is. But, uh, you know, it's this location makes it so that it's it's sort of, you know, there but not there. And again, the, the people there have you know made their own way and uh, have done their own thing and created their own language and culture and, uh, you know, food and, and drink and everything else. So it's, you know, it's really uh, it's a unique place. And Again, I, I have another friend of mine who's been several times and, uh, you know, he's helping me sort of, uh, you know, separate the wheat from the chaff. He helped me uh, with right. some of the places to see and not see. And I, I think it's I, I know it's going to be a great trip. And again, you know, the, the price point is really quite good for a whole week and being you know guided around because it's just really, you know, at this point, it's difficult to try and you know get that kind of value because it's all about value and then you're with a whole bunch of other people who at least have some similar interest in wanting to see what's going on and it's going to be a fun trip and uh, you know if I, I can't wait. I just can't yeah. wait. November cannot come soon enough. I, I am definitely looking forward to it. And the other thing about it, people don't realize, it's really not that long of a flight. What? How, how long is the flight actually? Like Five hours. It's shorter than going to Europe. And, you know, but again, uh, just a very, very unique location. And where can folks find out a little? I'm going to start posting it on my social media as well. But where can folks find out the details about the uh, trip? Well, they can go to my Facebook page, which is uh, Walter's Wanderings Travel. They can also be in touch with me by email at Scott at Walter's Wanderings Travel. You spell it all out. Mm -hmm. Spell out my last name, Walters. Spell out wanderings with an A, W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G-S. Spell out the word travel.com. Or they can give me a holler at 845-558-1225. Um, I'm not shy to pick up the phones, even if I don't <laughs> recognize a number. Okay. Yeah, it's, usually it's spam, but uh, if, if you're not spam, I'm not going to say, this is the Hormel Wheat Company. How can I help you? I'll be, you know, I'll be much nicer. <laughs> <than that>. so, <laughs> okay, that's good to know. But yeah. Yeah, I, no. Email, you can catch my Facebook page. I'm on Instagram, a Walter's Wanderings Travel. Um, there's many ways to get in touch with me. And uh, like I said, I'm going to be happy to arrange the trip. The, the, the trip is uh, with a great tour company, actually in Morristown, New Jersey, CIE Tours. Mm -hmm. They're the ones helping to arrange from that end. And uh, it's really going to be quite fun. And like I say, uh, it's, it's, some, it's one of the most interesting places in the world, um, given you know, the, the uniqueness of it. There's just no question about it. Well, I'm looking forward to it again. You'll be hearing more about that. Like I said, for myself, through, through my posts on my various uh, social media, I want to shift gears sort of dramatically here. And some people listening, in will probably say, well, I didn't see this coming, but um, sadly, and unfortunately in the last couple of months, at least uh, we've seen some ugliness and some terrible attacks in this country on uh, not only uh, Asians, Asian Americans as well. Uh, the ugliness is intolerable, but I think Scott is somebody who could speak a little bit more closely about this because several years ago, and you can fill in the blanks here, uh, Scott and his wife uh, adopted three children from China. So give us a little background wow. about that. And then I That's want to talk incredible. about how you're dealing with it right now. All right. So back in 2005, we adopted my oldest daughter, Sydney, who's now 17 years old and a 
junior in high school and uh, basically a certified genius, even though I have to say so. <laughs> right. And then in 2011, uh, in one trip, we were able to go in, uh, in Beijing and uh, get my daughter, Emma, who's 13. And then we went to the south of China to the Gui, uh, Guizhou province, and we picked up our son, Andrew. We actually adopted him on the 4th of July. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, in 2011. So I, I have my special name for that, which is is kind of it's politically incorrect, but I still love to use it. I call it Escape from the Clutches of Communism Day. So, <laughs> well, you know, not really. <laughs> so that's, that's what can I tell you? I just uh, that's what I call it. And then and, and it, do, it does get a chuckle or two and sometimes a rolled eye. So it's all right. But they've been with our family, obviously, my, my daughter, Sydney since 2005 and the other two since 2011. And uh, there have been a couple of moments um, where there have been these kind of more, more not so much hateful and hurtful and, uh, and uh, certainly not physical violent things, but sometimes some stupidity mm. comes out of the mouths of people that just don't get it. Like the, the time some guy came up to me in a supermarket line and said, is that your wife? And I pointed to my wife and I said, yes. He says, well, is that your daughter? I said, yeah. And he goes, well, she's from China. I go, yeah, my daughter's from China. He goes, why didn't you adopt from a Bolivia or something to make the child look more like your wife? I go like, what? Are you kidding? Oh. No, I'm not. As far as, as far as anti-Asian sentiment goes of the more, you know, recent variety, again, my, my kids, they're, they're pretty, uh, they're pretty solid reporters and there's only one thing I can actually point to that actually happened. And that's my daughter, Emma was riding the bike in the neighborhood and the neighborhood uh, kind of ne'er-do-well, you know, kid who's about Andrew's age came up to her and said a few choice words about her being Asian and then the, and the mm -hmm. virus and everything else. Okay. So, and so my daughter reported this to me. And so, well, since the kid lives in the neighborhood, my daughter and I walked down to the boy's house. We knocked on the door. We got mom and we said, hey, mom, your son uh, decided to say a few choice words to my daughter. Can you have him come here and repeat them again for you, me and her? Mm. And so she got the boy. I said, would you please like to tell your mother and me what you said to my daughter a few minutes ago? And he did. And uh, the mother was, uh, shall we say, none too pleased. Mm -hmm. Good. <laughs> well, she, she sent him into the house. And uh, she said, I have to deal with this. I said, I understand. She closed the door. And as my daughter and I were leaving, we heard some rather loud noises. Again, as far as the more um, virulent, violent kind of things, no. Uh, fortunately, you know, my, my kids have not been uh, either witness to or victims of that. How are, you ex how are you explaining this to them or how are they absorbing? What what? Well, they, what, are they, what are they feeling from this? Yeah. Well, my my kids are pretty philosophical about it because they 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 understand that there's people who are stupid and and and, and have no respect for other people, mm -hmm. and and they they understand that you know it's nothing that they can't control what other people do, but they can obviously you know make sure to you know try and stay away from situations and and if there is this you know and the randomness sometimes of this is such that, you know, they understand that some people are just going to attack other people for, for you know, what they are and not who mm. they are. And they, they just know that they're just going to do their best to try to avoid being in situations where they could become victimized. I think that's the biggest takeaway is sometimes you can't because these people just come plain out of nowhere. Right. 
Right. And yeah. you, can't, you can't you can't necessarily defend that or or do anything because it's almost reflexive. But uh, you know, obviously, you know, they don't they're not they're not old enough to be alone in any you know situations necessarily. Mm. They're always with others, if not, uh, you know, their parents, like, you know, myself and my wife, they're always with other people. But to me, it's just sad and it's heartbreaking that, you know, here they come to a country that is supposed to be offering them uh, opportunity for a full life and to be whoever you are. That's that's what this country is supposed to be. But apparently, suddenly, uh, some people are deciding uh, not everybody is accepted here or acceptable here. And yeah, I just it's, it's they're weird. very mature for handling it the way they do, obviously. And it's weird because it's not, uh, you know, it's not just one particular demographic group that's committing these acts. I mean, mm, true. You know, it's all kinds of other people that are just committing acts against Asian folk. And it's just, you know, again, it's just plain not right. Um, we all know that. It's, it's, it's no different than anti any other, you know, ethnic group kind of thing. Right. But uh, it, it, because of the because of the you know COVID situation, it sort of has become more sensitized. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Right. Right. Um, and obviously, it's a matter of you know making sure that everyone's educated. And you know, on the flip side, you know, uh, everything should be equal for everybody as much as possible. Um, you know, the opportunity. You know, what you do with the opportunity is a different thing. But you know, to have equal opportunity, no matter who you are, should not be uh, at all abridged. You know, right. in, in no way. Well, you know, and Scott, I don't know if you know, I have a, a background after radio in social work. And uh, one of the great things that education teaches you is tolerance and, and not to jump to conclusions. And you realize that stupidity is not illegal. <laughs> Unfortunately, we, mm. we can't, you know, combat that by locking somebody up for being an idiot, but we oh. can lock them up or at least to right um, and i understand it like i said there, there are enough idiots out there and you try to avoid them there's yeah <laughs> no they're, they're working they're working on a vaccine now for that i heard i can only we can yeah. all <laughs> they'll be working on that one for some time it's just there will be because the, the clinical trials will still uh, bounce back with all kinds of weird results right? yeah right can you imagine the side effects of that one anyway we're running out of, out of time here but i want to say by the way that you posted something a while back as a black and white picture of, of your family you your wife and your children beautiful family and uh best of luck with everything and and i just uh, i'm so happy that we've become friends over the last few years uh, looking forward to doing our Atlantic journey together. We'll talk more about that as it gets a little bit closer. And uh, I wish you well, and I hope you get really, really busy fast and, and your business comes back to life. The, the, yeah, the and it, is I want to see a lot of action, you know, at the mm -hmm. uh, phone number 845-558-1225 at my web uh, address, which is on Facebook and Instagram, Walter's Wanderings Travel. You can find me there at both the uh, particular uh, portals and uh, you can also email me at scott at walterswanderingstravel.com you'll be able to find me get to me i'll be able to help you and it's not just iceland um i can do the whole world um it doesn't really matter um and if, and guess what if i don't know enough about something i have a whole network of fellow uh travel agent colleagues that can help get you where you need to go well on that note again scott thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule yeah, and so i will much. be in touch soon and uh you have yourself a great day and the rest of the weekend coming up be well my friend yes, i sure will thank you bye-bye well, that was a plethora of information, that's for sure. But again, I think the travel doors opening wider and wider gradually, and it's it's good to hear, especially for those in the industry. And it was also good to hear uh, somebody really who's very close 
to the situation we're dealing with, obviously having three Asian children that he adopted, uh, the ugliness that's going on out there and how that's being oh, yeah. dealt with. But uh, Scott was a great guest and I'm looking forward to also the journey we're going to take to Iceland in a few months. And uh, we'll talk more about that as it gets a little bit closer. But uh, any uh, any final thoughts, Rickster? Well, you know, you and I both have wanderlust. We love to travel and can't wait to get going again. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're not alone in chomping at the bit here. There's a lot of pent up travel desire. And I think I think Scott's going to find himself very busy uh, shortly. Once we start to see yeah. the vaccines really impacting everybody and the numbers continue to go down. And if that's going to be the case, I think uh, more and more things are going to open up and more and more people are going to be ready to go. That's for sure. And if you need me to carry your bags to Iceland, let me know. <laughs> nah, no. Nah. You know, maybe just a heating pad just in case it gets chilly. But other than that, we're fine. But I just wanted to say we have a really interesting guest coming up next week. I'm very excited about PhD uh, psychologist named Dr. Sherry Butler, who wrote mm -hmm. a book. Uh, really, uh, it was Mother's Day that prompted me to want to visit this. It talks about, and Chris, you'll appreciate this, that we don't really become who we are until our parents are, for lack of a better way to put it, dead and gone. We're gone. And I right? always thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of kicked that around lightly on the show before. And, you know, I think in, in talking to other people about the topic, some people feel that they agree with that completely. Others feel like, eh, I don't know about that. So uh, it'll be interesting uh, to hear uh, her thoughts on that and what inspired her to write the book and, and what she discovered. I guess she probably spoke to several people and, and watched their lives evolve differently once their parents were gone. So uh, look forward to that. Of course, we do have Mother's Day coming up to all the moms out there and mine as well, right. who I know loyally listens to the show. Do you have that Thank many you, shows? I can't find them all. Ma, you have to scroll. No, but I found the <laughs> other one. No, you have to scroll. Never mind. You had John Franco on and Len Berman? What? I never heard those shows. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, Chris's mom. <laughs> that's very funny, actually. No, but anyway, so that's it for me. Uh, once again, of course, remember the show is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, we're very happy to have them along as a sponsor. And I'm just going to say enjoy the nice warming trend that's happening in our weather overall. Sunshine always. Rick? Be good. Feel good, Our Show is produced at the Semino Studios in the New York City office. Executive producer, by the way, you've been anointed executive producer. Oh, nice. I, I always like a title. Uh huh. Engineer Chris Semino. Another God, I'm really doing it all. Wow. Um, our our announcer Valerie Smaldone. Ah, uh, of course. You you can't do that. Sorry. No, no. That's and catering of... provided by Semino Summers de Jesus most days except this week. Yeah, you missed out, by the way, my friend, on the uh, the taco lasagna we made for Cinco de Mayo in Chris and Edney's kitchen. We had the leftovers ah. before. Sorry. Maybe next ah. week we'll come up with something. Okay. <laughs> Any reproduction without express written consent of Semino Summers Productions is prohibited by law, we think. And until next time here on the Believe Podcast Network, I'm Rick Summers. I'm Chris Semino. Play us out. Free y'all. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, preferably five stars, no begging. Uh, we're available also on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcast.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.